It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. Paul Strickwerda is the name, and he has a book, Making Money in Your PJs, Freelancing for Voiceovers and Other Solopreneurs. We're going to get the whole truth about this industry like you have never heard before. He joins us. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a joy to be here. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. So it's Strickwerda or Strickwerda? Well, the Dutch would say Strickwerda, and here in America, it's usually Strickwerda. And See, either way works well for me. See, right there, when you, when you did that accent, I just like, took a step back, like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like, no, wonder, no wonder you're a national like, television spot. And uh, if anybody knows anything about the IHOP, uh, King's Hawaiian French Toast TV commercial, they, they hear you and, uh, and you get them salivating all over again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, you've done quite a bit. And so, you know, you have this wonderful blog. And can you tell us the name of the blog? Yeah, I doesn't really have a name but if you go to my website which is nethervoice.com and click on the tab that says blog you'll you'll get there maybe you should really give it a name when i first started writing it i called it a double dutch blog <laughs> now i'm not sure what to make of it so if anyone has a good suggestion for my blog find out what what i have to offer what i write about maybe you can come up with a great name yeah and you know what you tell the truth do you ever tell the truth? I mean, there is so much in this business where I get, it gets people dreaming. It gets people thinking, hey, I don't have to be in my regular job, and this might be a great hobby or retirement plan and all these different uh, preconceived notions, but you really get it right up close and personal, and you tell the truth. Not everybody likes that. No, some people love to hear what they want to hear. And a lot of people in this business love to tell people what they want to hear and give them hope where there is none. And I decided not to do that. 
I tell people, um, my opinion is not for sale. I'm going to tell you the way I feel it is, but it is a blog. It's, it's not the, the truth per se, but it's through my glasses, the way I see it, the way I experience it. And I don't want people to make the same mistakes that I've made in my career and that I see people making every single day. And so if it means raining on people's parade, so be it. I don't think we do people justice uh, a favor by, you know, talking them up and say, oh, you've got such a great voice. Yes, you have a future in this business. I've seen too many people have a wonderful voice and uh, gave up after a year. They had to sell all their equipment in, on eBay. I don't want people to, to do that. So part of the reason why I wrote this book and I'm writing my blog is to make sure that people know that this is not an easy business to get into and not an easy business to have sustained success. And, and that's tough love. And that's, that's real talk, yeah. as they say, you know, because really people can tell you what you want to hear. And then those that tell you the truth and they're your friend. So mm-hmm. whether people know it or not, and, and make no mistake, you want people to succeed in this business, but you want them to know the truth because there, there are just as many people that say you have to spend oh so much, you know, thousands of dollars on a demo first, and then you have to do this and you have to take your room and spend $10,000 with a, uh, a soundproof and, and take out of your retirement account. And, and like you said, people end up bankrupt almost. And uh, so there's, there's a smart way to get into voiceovers. There's a way that makes sense. And as you illustrate, you know, you have to be a good business person in this business and not just a, a professional artist or uh, auditioner. Right. And that's probably the number one mistake that people make. You need to know how to be a smart freelancer. You're, you're in business. You're a business person, first and foremost, who talks for a living and makes, makes money that way. And most people concentrate on the voiceover part, but not on the business part. And I've listened to a number of your interviews with, with voiceovers. And I think that's, that's the main message that we all want to get across. Because I've had people who are tremendously talented, can do anything with their voice, can take you anywhere in the world just by listening to them. And they don't know how to run their business like a business. And they have no future. It's better not to be as talented but be very business savvy than be ridiculously talented and go bankrupt in the process. You know, we, we've all heard stories about actors who didn't know how to manage themselves and who had business partners that um, were not handling their affairs well. And some of them are not even with us anymore because they messed up big time. And I think it's just sad that talented, hardworking, trusting people become the victim of, of, unscrupulous characters who try to take advantage of them. Boy, are they ever, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, it's, uh, it's terrible as a matter of fact, but people want to get into the business. How did you start your blog? How did this, because how many listen? you have a, a tremendous following? Yeah, I'm amazed still. I just checked it and the latest is 39,300 some wow. people. Yeah. get uh, my blog every week. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It, it started like many things in life, super small. And I had no ambition to become this, this blogger that people talk about and like to discuss what he's writing about. I, I love to write. I've always loved the, the, the written word as much as the spoken word. And I've always been a writer. And, you know, since I can't talk 24-7 and I can't do voiceovers for eight hours a day, I need something to distract myself with. And instead of reading other people's scripts, 
um, I decided to give it a go and start writing my own stuff and uh, eventually recording it too. And um, first there were a couple of people that took notice and they said, oh, this is nice stuff. This is a different perspective from what we've read on other blogs. And they told other people and those people told other people. Before I knew it, I had a small community and the rumor started spreading. It's literally what we do for a living. It's word of mouth mm. that helped my, my, my blog business grow. And people I think one of the, I'm sorry, the people know when they're getting something good. I mean, when I was reading your book, okay, I, I'm thinking, and I've read a, a, quite a few, okay, but this really stood out. And I said to my wife, you know, I'm reading this from like cover to cover. And I usually just, you know, I mean, as an interviewer, we get talking points and that type of thing. Uh, I, I couldn't stop reading it because I'm thinking this, no one is talking like this. Well, thank you very much. I, that's a great compliment. One of the, the things I um, try to do is to tell stories. I mean, that's what the voiceover is, a storyteller. And you know, there's different ways of getting a point across. One way is, okay, I'll tell you the way it is. And if you don't listen to me, well, that's too bad. It's your loss. And other, another way of getting a point across is just telling a story about other people in your life. And maybe you pick up the message from that story. So I love to tell stories love to use anecdotes, and um, instead of being you know, super dry, give dry information, I try to um, yeah, wrap it up in a, in a story to make it more palatable, and uh, apparently people like that. <laughs> and yeah, another thing is really that, that I, I think that what helped me grow my readership is that I write through the lens of a voiceover, but I think a lot of things that I write about appeal to people who are self-employed, who are freelancers, who are in the creative business, and um, we're all dealing with the same issues. You know, we all want to find out what's the best way to get work, how to sustain in ourselves in business, how to get paid, how to get paid on time, how to price for profit, things like that. Whether you're a graphic designer or a freelance photographer or you're an audio engineer or you're a voiceover, we deal with these things. So what I often hear is that people who are not necessarily in the voiceover world, but maybe they're just an on-camera actor or a graphic designer, they recognize a lot of the things that I write about and they have their own takeaways from it too. So this widens my, my range and uh, my audience. Isn't it funny though, you know, people can put their shingle up and be popular, uh, you know, it could be demo mills, it could be uh, even voiceover coaches, but really you kind of make your own invitation in this world, isn't it? I mean, you have to pick up the phone. You have to email the person. You have to have a blog or find a way. But uh, we always somehow assume that other people would do it. And so uh, some of the pay-to-play sites, you know, it's just auditioning hundreds and hundreds. And, and, <laughs> and you're probably thinking, like, why don't you just send something out to uh, uh, local companies and, and, you know, drum up business some other way? Absolutely. And... Um I tell uh, tell my students, because I do some coaching on the side too, uh, I tell them one of the ways to get business is to mine your own business. So <laughs> become a miner and, and find out where you, you have worked in the past. You already have contacts there and see how you can work those contacts so you, you can get your voiceover jobs from what you already know. But because it's so close to home, people forget to look at that. Um, but I think in this modern day and age of uh, pay-to-plays, they've made it tremendously easy for people to believe that they can land a job and book that audition because it, it's the lazy way of getting jobs. 
you know, you pay in a certain amount. All you need is a credit card to be accepted to the site and a microphone and a, and a few demos, and you're in business. And as soon as the, they receive the money, you'll receive an endless row of auditions that you can spend all day recording. And um, people really get the idea that it's very easy to book a job. And then the big disillusion starts because they're auditioning like crazy, like 30, 40 auditions. They audition for anything under the sun, whether it's suitable <laughs> for their voice or not. And then they book nothing and they wonder why that is. You know, your book is very different than the other books out there. I mean, it, it, again, I would love to be your friend because I know you always tell me the truth, it seems, as you do uh, in your book. And so some people take that the wrong way. Are there times that people just misunderstand you? And, and what are some of those reasons that they do? Oh, they think that I want to discourage them from joining the voiceover family, our community, because I see people as my competitors. And uh, I don't see that at all because... We all have different voices. I don't have your voice. You don't have my voice. You don't have my accent. I don't have your accent. <laughs> you know, we, we, we might audition for the same job, but we're completely different. So I, although there's a lot of competition in this business, I see that all of us are totally unique and I'm not afraid of anyone. I don't want to discourage people. But that's what people think, that I have some secret agenda that I want to scare people away from the business so that I have more for myself. <laughs> yeah. Or... They, they just think, oh, this is this, this guy from Europe, and he, all he can do is criticize and, and look with this, this sharp eye and write about the things that are wrong in the business, and why can't he be a little bit more positive? Well, I think I'm, I'm, I'm positive in my book as well. It's not just about the things that I see that are wrong, but I also want to teach people how to do things right. And I'm opinionated, and some people find it a threat. But I found out that the older I am, the less I care about what people think about what I think, and the more open I can be with my readers about what I think is going on in the business today. And um, I'm not afraid for people who ostracize me and say, oh, you know what, this Mr. Strickwood is such a party pooper. Don't listen to him. <laughs> That's fine. I don't need people to agree with me. I just hope that they have a fun time reading my blogs it's and my book. book. Yeah. And that they, they pick something up from it that they didn't know before. Well, they say, before, you know, that is saving people time and money. That, uh, that's what we're living in in this world. And your book saves people time and money, whether they like it or not. And I have a feeling a lot of people are writing you thank you notes and actually say, I'm sorry for my attitude at first because you save me a lot of time and money. Whereas, you know, you have to kind of pop that bubble because it's, a, I guess, an idealistic viewpoint you go in and then until you learn the nuts and bolts and mm -hmm. uh, how many years you've been doing this for i've been doing this since i was 17 years old and i'm 55 now so go figure wow <laughs> it's yeah i it's, it started off as a joke really um a serious joke but um uh, i was born raised and educated in the netherlands and i moved to the united states when i was in my late 30s but when I was 17 years old, there was a contest on Dutch public radio, and they were looking for fresh new talent. And I was one of the winners of that contest. And of the age of 17, I started making radio programs, being in front of a microphone, interviewing people. And I've been doing things with a microphone ever since. And from that, I moved on to become a professional broadcaster. And I wasn't doing voiceover strictly um, the way I'm doing it now. 
But I was in front of a microphone and I was reading people's scripts. And I, that's why I say I got my start when I was 17 years old. And I basically grew up part of my life in, in a studio. And now you're from Joyzee, huh? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm very close. I'm about 19 blocks away from New Jersey. I live in a town called Easton, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's, it's across the, the Delaware River and the Lehigh River. That's where, where Easton is. Some people might know it because it's where the Criollas are made. And it's the home of Larry Holmes, the boxer. Oh, yeah. Wow. His, name, his nickname is the Easton Assassin. And you see Larry? Every once in a while, yes. The f- fun thing is um, he has a statue now, and um, he didn't want it. But now that it's up there, he's very proud of it. And every now and then you can see him sit on the bench looking at himself, <laughs> staring <laughs> at his statue. Wow. Yeah. He's, talk about a businessman. He's a good businessman. Yes, yes, yes. He's phenomenal. He's inspirational. He helps a lot of kids out, and his boxing school is uh, helping kids who are um, – out on the streets and uh, don't have role models and he's a role model for them and he's helping a lot of kids who are at risk he's terrific and he's a singer too has his own band he's a character yeah yeah (laughs) i know i wouldn't have thought that i never knew that no it's uh it's a kind of a soul rhythm and blues band i wouldn't say he's the best singer in the world he's a better boxer (laughs) but um, he always draws a crowd so i mean you have read probably a whole lot of these uh these voiceover books. So there's some that you like, or there, you know, do you find are you you're friendly with a lot of the people that write these books? Yes, I am. That's that's one of the great things. If you start publishing, you become an author, and then people start uh, noticing you. That was one of the the other things why I wanted to write this uh, making money in your PJs book because you know you need to stand out. Since there 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 are a couple of people who do what I do in this business, and uh, you need to wait for people to find you and and make a name for yourself, especially if you're from a tiny country in Europe, nobody's ever heard of you, and you move to a new country, start a new life, it's not so easy to make a name for yourself. But once I started doing that, then I started sending people my book, and they started reading it, I became friends with them. And uh, one of my, my great friends is uh, Dave Kurvasir. Oh, yeah. He is, um, uh, used to be a news anchor in Vegas and was the president of Volvo, the World Voices Organization. He's now no longer president, but he's retired and he's a terrific voiceover. And he wrote a book about voiceovers that I can't remember the title of, but I reviewed it and it was terrific. But I'm sure I should can, know. I interviewed him. I'm thinking the name of it myself, but it's, yeah. uh, I think it's uh, more than a voice. More I think. than a voice. That's right. Yes, yes, right. yes, yes. Dave Gorvarsir. He's phenomenal. And um, he did what I did because he's a prolific blogger too. And, um, what I did was basically turn a number of my blog posts into a book and to give it more longevity. And that's what he did too. And um, he's also a guy that, that I follow closely. Um, well, let's see. I'm looking behind me because there's my bookshelf. And, um, <laughs> but you have a lot of books. I have, I have quite a few, yes. One of the first ones, that I, it's a little bit outdated. It's not updated yet, but it's from Harlan Hogan, the voice actor's guide to recording at home and on the road. Mm-hmm. When I got my start, I knew nothing about home studios, nothing about the, uh, DAWs and microphones and preamplifiers. And this was my introduction, um, Harlan Hogan and George Witham, voice actor's guide to recording at home and on the road. That's a popular and, one. Yeah. And one of the books I reviewed recently is Voiceover Achiever by Celia Siegel. It's Brand Your Voiceover Career and Change Your Life. This is a book for anyone who's wondering, how shall I 
brand myself? How shall I tell the world about my services? What can I do to make sure that I hone in on what makes me different from other people? How can my website stand out? All my communication with my clients and my colleagues stand out. It's a really practical how-to book that is a, an easy read, but not as easy to put into practice. But it's very, very accessible, very colorful, filled with examples, and it's inspirational. And it's only, uh, let me look, it's only uh, 123 pages. So it's a, it's a pretty easy read. Lots of homework. Paul Strickwerda and making money in your PJs, freelancing for voiceovers and other solopreneurs. And uh, you tell it like it is. Can you name off the cuff five things that you know anyone who's listening to this and makes the mistake? Five things that people make mistakes with. They get into voiceovers and five things that they do really well if they're going to succeed. Ah, well, um, number one is underestimating what it takes to become a full-time professional voiceover who can live off his voice it's it's easy to um to start and say hang up your shingle and say hey, i'm a voiceover now hire me hire me hire me but um to do this full time what it takes to uh, mistake number one is people underestimate it they think it's just having a nice voice but as many people say you know owning a, uh, a grand piano doesn't mean you're a concert pianist right you mm. can buy the best microphone in the world but it doesn't mean you have a career in voiceover so don't underestimate it. Number two is really starting too quickly. A lot of people think they can do this in a heartbeat. It doesn't take training. It doesn't take experience. And they start producing um, their own material and they have this little experience. And they, they feel that if you can tell a nice bedtime story to your children, then you have a career in voiceovers. Mm -hmm. So starting without any training and not getting um, coaching. Number three is really not having any money to throw at this career. Because if you're serious about this, you need to make serious investments. And for instance, you got to have a good microphone. you got to have a computer that works for you and software that works for you. you got to have a pre-amplifier. And of course, it's very easy and tempting to spend 100 bucks here and 100 bucks there and think that you're in business. And... The big companies will, will, will tell you, oh, you don't need to make this big investment. But you're competing in a market where there's people who have been doing this for years. They have the best equipment and produce the best results. So if you don't have the money for that, it's hard to make a start. Secondly, you need to have very uh, soundproof uh, space to record in. Mm -hmm. And um, there's lots of contraptions that are sold to, um, to ignorant people that uh, claim to uh, kind of, if you buy this, then you don't need uh, a whisper room or booth, about. you know? <laughs> yeah. There's these shields with a little bit of foam here and there. Oh, boy. <laughs> and all they do is just dampen the voice, which is necessary in some spaces, but they never isolate the voice. And um, one of the mistakes that I made was I waited a little bit too long before I built my own uh, soundproof studio, and it held me back. So that's, that's number three. Um, number I have four. To interject, I have to ask Chaotica Eyeball a uh, thumbs up or down? Um, from what I've never used it. Okay. But from what the people that I trust that have uh, don't like it that much. Mm -hmm. They say this, it muffles the sound too much, it distorts mm -hmm. the sound. But then again, I've read some people who swear by it. So I hate talking about things that I haven't used. 
Okay, we'll give you a pass on that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think mistake number four is not knowing how to market yourself. Because as I said, um, you can have the most wonderful voice in the world, but if you don't, if you don't know how to tell people that you exist, if people don't know who you are, they won't hire you. So you need to find a way to, um, to market yourself. And it's also something they don't teach you in voiceover school. You know, there's lots of coaches that are great at telling you how to in- interpret a script and how to edit the copy and take the breaths out and what, what have you, but they don't tell you how to use social media to advantage, how to um, write newsletters, how to write books, how to blog, how to um, build a website that works and that attracts people. All that sort of stuff is something that you need to study yourself or to find people who can help you with it. And it took me a number of years before I figured out what made me unique and what my selling point was and how to get that across. And um, I wish I had um, uh, asked some professionals a couple of years before I finally figured it out myself. Because one of the things if you just start and you don't have a lot of money is that you want to reinvent the wheel. And I've reinvented so many wheels, I I lost count. And this, this helped me back as well. And just a little plug here, Paul, yeah. because you know people can get all this information in your book, which is mm-hmm. amazing. That's why I couldn't put it down. Making money in your PJs, freelancing for voiceovers and other solopreneurs. Paul Strykwerda is with us, and the popular blog. If you go to what's your website, it's nethervoice.com. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the most popular blogs uh, in the nation, actually, and maybe maybe the world, because there are not a whole lot of them, and uh, yours is one of them that people flock to for, for real advice. And, uh, I mean, you save people not only time, but as we mentioned, a lot of money. It's amazing what people have to, I guess if they're making the wrong investment, uh, it's like a graveyard of, of broken dreams. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. and you, you, find, you find the traces on eBay in the audio section, audio equipment section. But it's, it's sad because, yeah, people, I mean, there's a lot of, that I say about beginners and people who are ignorant, but I have, always have to remind myself that's how I started. I came to the United States. I didn't know anybody. I had no contacts whatsoever, and I started from scratch. I made all the beginner mistakes and I wish that I would have had a book like the one I wrote that, that would um, uh, have propelled me a little bit faster on, on the career track that I was on. But um, when my, basically the story was that um, I came from the Netherlands after a career in radio and I really missed a microphone. And uh, one day I saw an ad um, by a casting agent, Mike Lemon, casting in Philadelphia. And I said, you know what, this is, could be fun. And I signed up for one of those uh, cattle calls, and mm. I literally waited for a couple of hours to be seen by their um, head of the voiceover department. And I did my thing, and she said, hey, you have a sound that nobody else has. You have an accent that nobody else has. And they signed me up on the spot. Then it was before I knew it, I was in business. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And really um, it, was, it was weird. It, I didn't expect that at all. I thought it was much harder. But um, then again, it also taught me to listen and having one agent doesn't mean that the jobs are flowing in. The best work is the work that you can get yourself mm. and that you, can, um, that you can sustain for a long time. Yeah, and that's not so easy to find. What's the biggest fallacy 
if you had to wrap it up in one, the biggest fallacy about uh, voiceover work, and I guess I'm double barreling here, and what's your, your most exciting interv- response to your book? Gosh, uh, you mean with fallacy like uh, the misconception or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the misconception is that it's easy money. And unfortunately, these days, there's not a whole lot of money and it's not easy either. (laughs) True. So, um, because prices are going up and the rates are going down. And that's one of the big battles that we have to fight is voiceover talent. And hopefully we fight it together. But, um, you know, the jobs that used to go for 2,500 are now on sale for 250 and even cheaper. And wow. this has been going on for years now. And uh, it, I don't blame the clients, by the way, because, you know, if you run a business, you want to do more for less. And uh, if, as long as their people are willing to do it for less, um, they're going to take it. And every time you sell yourself for less than you're really worth, you're sending a signal to the market that this is the going rate, right? So that's the biggest thing that I, my biggest worry um, will people be able to make a living doing this with the rates being what they are? Um, that seems to be the promise. People yeah. you know, say you can, you can make a living at this. And, mm-hmm. um, but it takes years and years before that begins to happen. I know I'm throwing you off track here a little bit, but what about with like acting books and other kind of, you know, uh, how developed do people have to be rather than always just reading this, looking at the script? Is it better sometimes to, you know, to build a little bit of depth and character and, and learn how to do that? Most definitely. I, I became part of an amateur group of um, historic reenactors here in Easton. Easton is a historic city. We were founded in 1752. And um, they, they noticed that I was a voice actor and said, hey, do you do any stage acting? I said, no. Well, would you like to join our group? We do dinner theater. And I always had looked down on dinner, the th- dinner theater. So, you know, it's lame no, entertainment. All people Mark's enjoy their steaks, home. you know. Right. <laughs> what? Sorry. No, you're right. I mean, I was going to say, you hear the forks and... and Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it was one of the best things I did for my voiceover career because I learned how to be off script and learned how to memorize my script, how to move in space, how to be expressive, how to interact with people. And it was such good fun too. Plus, you get immediate response from the audience, which you never get if you're alone in your studio talking to yourself, (laughs) right? That's one of the one of the downsides of voiceovers that there's hardly any, any response that you get because it's all you or you and nobody else. But anyway, um, for me, it loosened up my, my acting. I became much more uh, improvisational in the way I approached scripts. And I could had some people to, um, to bounce my, my skills off of. And that was phenomenal. And, and isn't that stream of consciousness, if you will? I mean, when you read, mm-hmm. you, you have to... You have to kind of like get into people's heads in a way. I, I've heard this, that make it as almost as, as if it was their idea the whole time, mm-hmm. or you have to follow a certain kind of logical or I don't, I don't know what it is, but uh, it can't, you can't, people can't know that you're reading, obviously. Right. That's, that's true. It's just like if you're a model and you're posing in front of the camera, you have to make it look like you're not posing. So it's, it's all acting. The great actors, I always tell my students, the great actors are great at pretending that they're not acting, right? That's the, that's the key. So what, that guy, he can't be acting. It's you, you're basically a great trickster. And the, the better you are tricking people into believing that you're not acting, 
the greater a chance that you have your star at the Hollywood Boulevard and get an Oscar. So, so it's, it's, oh, is it hard for you? I mean, we start that way, right? We have to we sound like we're reading and it's painful. And then you, <laughs> you know, yeah. eventually learn how to kind of know nuances and, and uh, learn those nuances. But I guess you always have to kind of like react in a way to the copy. And so what are you, you're, you're speaking, but also you're also the audience too? Well, that's the thing. You know, when I started doing voiceovers, it was very normal to go to studios and work with the director. And if there wasn't a director, there was also an audio engineer who had great tips. A sounding board, someone who can listen to you and say, you know, do it a little bit this way. How about that? A little bit slower, a little bit faster here and there, emphasis on this word, you know, and um, guide you through the whole process. Nowadays, everything has to go on the cheap, and we always, um, 99% of my sessions are self-directed. So I'm my own audio engineer. I'm on my own text analyzer. I'm, I have my own voice. I'm my own director, and my own, I'm the own director of my own director of marketing and sales. So you're wearing so many hats, which doesn't make it easy to focus on the performance. And at some point, and it's not easy to teach. You got to get out of your head and into the text. And that's something I learned through my my stage acting more than anything else. That I had to be free with the text and that I, I learned from memorizing the text because one of the downsides of what we do is that we read all the time we don't memorize it we don't make it incorporate it and because we read it it sounds like it's read and it becomes unnatural oh totally i mean i've heard that you know when we speak normally we keep track along the way and that the difference between a pro and an amateur is that we always look ahead of where we're going kind of like we're taught to go well no 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 stop no 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 stop and there's so many twists and turns if you're speaking authentically you know what i mean it's it's yeah. kind of like uh, uh there's so many nuances that are there and people don't realize that they do this all the time in regular speech and then and then you put a script in front of them and all of a sudden, this beautiful, you know, the melody of the voice, the pitch, intonation, uh, learning syntax, it just kind of disappears a little bit. So are you into all that? You read books? I mean, I've seen books on syntax and, and intonation. And it's amazing uh, about the human voice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, am, I do a lot of listening to myself, and I'm very critical. And that's also something that messes us up when we do our performance, when we hear ourselves a lot of people are in the habit of uh, hearing themselves on their headphones too. And all of a sudden they hear themselves in a way they've never heard before because this microphone works like a magnifying glass. We hear ourselves the way other people hear our voice. And um, we hear every mistake that we make, every breath, every little bit of mouth noise, it all gets magnified. And it, it makes it tough for people to be in the moment and come across as a conversational, uh, do the read in a conversational way. And um, it's not easy, and that's why it's a profession. And that's why um, there are not, not a whole lot of people that, that make it and can make a living from, from their voice. Yeah, I mean, and uh, you don't have to brag, but I mean, a national spot for IHOP, and what, what are some of the other ones? Because you've done it all. Well, that was really unique. I never thought that as, as a, someone who primarily works in Dutch, I would ever do a national spot for, for IHOP. And uh, I, uh, 
I was taken by surprise, and I think I'm the first Dutch voiceover that ever did a national spot on um, on, on national TV, and I'm really proud of that. Wow! But I, you know, it, even though it's a big name, I like so many projects that you will never hear because, first of all, they're in Dutch, and secondly, nobody's ever heard of the company. But um, one of my, I have two favorite jobs that I did, and I did them in one week. Um, one was the Dutch Ministry of Tourism was uh, putting out a, a, a video that was basically a story about a love story about an American girl who got stuck in Amsterdam and she sat on a bench in the park and she held a ball in her that she brought with her and there was a dog walking up to her and the dog got the ball and the dog ran away and took the ball to all different places so in <laughs> short you see different sites in Amsterdam because it's wow. tourist promotion and this girl through the ball, following the dog, meets a boy, and they fall in love, and they live happily ever after. Anyway, I was asked to be the dog, the voice of the dog. <laughs> and um, How did that go? I, can you, can you uh, reenact that? <laughs> uh, well, I, one of the favorite things that I had to do was uh, mention the name of a uh, Dutch cookie. It's called a stroopwafel, and um, it's kind of a, a waiver with syrup in it. You can, you can get it in some supermarkets, and I think that Starbucks has it on the menu. It's, uh, you'll probably read it as stroopwafel, but it, in Holland we say stroopwafel. So we one of the things I had to do is like, stroopwafel, stroopwafel, stroopwafel. Because <laughs> the dogs go crazy for stroopwafel. <laughs> and uh, and that's, the part of the challenge was that I did not see the dog. I did not see the video. I did the voice first, and then they came with, um, with they, they did the video, and then they combined it. So I really had to get into the character of the dog, and that was that was tremendously fun to do. Yeah, it sounds fun. Is that and, a mistake when people say, you know, we want uh, this type of voice, or uh, you know, Morgan Freeman? Is it a mistake to to listen first and then try to duplicate it, or should you just use your imagination and forget about that? Well, it, it does help to give me an idea of what the client is thinking of, because so many times you get a very vague description of what people want. I always tell my clients, if you don't tell me what you want, I can't give it to you. Hmm. So if they want to say, okay, read it like a Liv Schreiber or a Morgan Freeman, but more in the style of instead of being a copy. So the, the instructions for my IHOP spot was that they wanted something in the style of David Attenborough, but not too much like him because then they would get in trouble with David Attenborough, of course. And um, I think in California is one of the states that you – that are not allowed by law to impersonate uh, a celebrity. That's true. Mm -hmm. Right? So um, the legal department from IHOP didn't want to get in trouble. So the idea was to read it in his style that people would recognize as his nature documentary voice, but not be too much like him. So I, I like the direction of telling me what kind of sound they're looking for, what kind of rhythm of speech, and then give it over to me and I'll, I'll do my thing with it. Are you taking on new clients? I mean, there's no doubt people are, are interested in what you have to say. And, and I say, if you want the truth or the whole truth and nothing but the truth, Paul Strykwerda is your man. We're making money in your PJs, freelancing for voiceovers and other solopreneurs. No, really, it does stand out. And I'm telling you, I've read a lot of these books. And so, uh, you know, you tell it like it is and we need to hear it and abide by it. Uh, you take a new clients. How can people reach you? Well, they can reach me easiest uh, through my website, nethervoice.com. And um, uh, just go to the contact page and you'll find me. And my phone number is on there. You can uh, send me a message. Um, 
I'm very picky. I have different clients. Of course, I have my voiceover clients, and I also take on voiceover students. Uh, but I'm very picky. I let people jump through a number of hoops before I take them on as my student, because many are interested and very few are committed. And I only work with the people who are committed and not those who are merely interested. And you say that in your book, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because frankly, I can make more money making, uh, doing voiceovers than with coaching. But, you know, I also see it as part of my, my mission in life to help others and um, be their tour guide in this wonderful world of voiceovers and help them uh, not make my mistakes all over again. So I, I, enjoy, I enjoy coaching. But uh, I don't take on everybody. Yeah, and it shows your commitment, too, to excellence, I'm sure, and standards, because you're trying to build some roots. Right. Not just the passing right. phase, and, you know, you have only so many, uh, so much time and clients, and so if you're really serious, yeah. all strike quarters, you know, again, you're man. <laughs> and one of the things I learned from uh, kind of a health scare that I had this year is that it's very important to pace myself. And... Um, can I just stop uh, you right there for just yeah. a second? Because uh, you mentioned about uh, pay-to-play sites and hundreds and hundreds of, of auditions and what people do. And nobody talks about how unhealthy it could be if people are not. And so I, I just want to use that as a lead-in because of where you're going. And uh, I think it's really important what you're going to say. I, we, we spoke mm-hmm. about that. Go ahead. Well, it is when, when you go to voiceover conferences, I'm always astonished by how many people are not very healthy. Well, but it's not, on the other hand, it's not a surprise either because we are uh, a sitting profession. I know there's some people who act uh, standing up, but most people that I know are sitting down behind their desk and do it way too long and don't stretch, don't exercise, don't eat healthily. You get a heart attack that way. Absolutely. And some people have had heart attacks and, and worse and diabetes. And so, yeah, not everybody in the voiceover community is healthy as they could be. And um, I had my own health scare. I thought I was leading a very healthy life, but um, I found that uh, my studio almost became my downfall. Mm. In, um, in March of this year, tw- March 26, it was a couple of days after I had recorded my, my IHOP commercial. I was recording all day. And um, you should know that the one thing that I overlooked when I built my studio was proper ventilation because most fans make a lot of noise. And if you want ventilation that is almost without a sound, it's very expensive. And uh, I didn't want to invest it. Why should I? I might as well open a door and have ventilation. That was my thought. (laughs) But um, at the end of a long day, I kept on working and working and I lost track of time. And when I, woke up, I had fallen on the studio floor, and uh, I had blacked out while I was editing what I just recorded. Oh, my goodness. And um, the weird thing is that I tried to get up, and I felt like I had no power over my muscles. I couldn't move. I tried to reach my phone. I couldn't get there. And I tried to, to cry out for help, which is, of course, kind of weird if you're in a soundproof booth. Nobody will hear you. I was alone at home, and I also noticed that I was running out of oxygen in my voiceover booth because the door was closed. And I have one of those very heavy studio doors held back by a, uh, a big... Um, like crowbar. Yeah, yeah, something like it. Because it's, it's, it's very hard to open and close this thing, but, but it works. 
And but it, I had fallen against that door too, so there was no way I could open it myself. And I tried. I thought, you know, what what I could do is maybe if I I have an iPhone. If I I knew that if I say help Siri call nine one one, Siri would maybe call nine one one for me. But all that I could say was Siri call nine one one call nine one one Siri. And I talked like a drunken sailor and said, "What's going on here?" And uh, it turned out that I had had a stroke. Oh my goodness! And I had no idea for how long I had been out, and uh, I really was afraid that I was not going to make it. Honestly, ah. it was one of the scariest moments in my life. I said, "You know what? That'll be my uh, my swan song here." Paul died in his voiceover booth because he oh. didn't get proper ventilation. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and. Uh, Fortunately, I was I was supposed to meet my wife at a meeting, and I didn't show up at the time that we uh, we had agreed that that I would be there. And she, she got a weird feeling. She had no proof, but she said, "There's something wrong here." He usually shows up when he says he will show up. And she called friends of ours in the neighborhood who had a key and said, "Can you check in on Paul? Because I don't trust this." Mm. And so they came, and at that point, I was almost passing out again. The only thing I could do was bang on the walls of my studio. And that's how they heard where I was. My studio is in the basement. This is and terrifying. They to, yeah. They pushed open the door and, oh my goodness, that was such a relief. I got the breath of fresh air. And one of my friends that got to me was a nurse and he recognized the signs of a stroke. They called the ambulance. And before I knew it, I was in a helicopter on my way to the, to the hospital. This so is, yeah, I mean, you're you're very lucky, uh, lucky and blessed man to to be alive. Oh, absolutely. We, we need I'm so much you. air, you know, to breathe, and uh, yeah. the whole thing. Your wife uh, having a sense about this, and uh, I'm just so glad you're. You know, it's it terrifying. I mean, really, it was a terrifying experience. Absolutely, and um, so one of my messages is: make sure that you always um, have good ventilation in your booth. And don't go cheap. Um, get that ventilation kit, whatever it is. Keep the door open. Make sure that you uh, get enough fresh air and get enough uh, rest, get enough exercise, lead a healthy life because um, you never know what could happen to you. And mm-hmm. I thought it would never happen to me. My doctors never thought that I was a stroke risk, and yet I, I got it. And I, the hospital that I went to, treats about 1,600 stroke patients a year, and only 80, 80 out of 1,600 um, are well enough to get the operation that saved my life. Because what they did was a thrombectomy, basically removing a blood clot in my brain. Uh-huh. And once that was removed, I could, could breathe again, and I could speak again. But maybe you've heard it as we have this interview, I sometimes have trouble um, finishing sentences or finding certain words. No, I can't tell that. Thank you. Oh, oh, good. Because better than me. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I don't. I still don't sound like me, and I'm working on it. It's, it's part of the the right side of my brain was affected, and um, that was part of that you use for um, for conversations and everything. And so my left side of the brain has to take over, and um, uh, I've been doing speech therapy for the past two months in order to get my fluency back and deal with my focus and word searching issues. And it's been fun, but it's been quite a quite an uphill road to get back what I lost. This is going to resonate with some people, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought the main star was your book, Making Money in Your PJs. 
But this story may just, you know, hit home with a lot of people, people who in, they know who they are. They're, they're in the room too much and they're not living healthy lives and uh, not even thinking about it. And you know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. There's probably a lot of um, studios that don't have more than not, you know, bad ventilation. Mm-hmm. And this could happen to them. Yeah, don't think it won't happen to you because it, it might. And I hope it will never happen to anyone. But that's what I thought that, about myself. I thought, oh, you know, I took care of everything. But sometimes you get so wrapped up in your work that you lose all track of time. And that's magnificent when it happens, but it can also be dangerous. So, do you not love your wife? I mean, do you not oh, really love... You oh, know, I, mean, I worship the ground she walks on. Your wife loves you. I mean, yeah, I'd be uh, yes, <laughs> a hug yeah. every single day, you know, every night. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. There's so much she does. I, that's one of the things I would encourage people to are thinking of becoming a voiceover or freelancer. Make sure that you have a very strong support system and a partner who backs you up because hmm. um, she saved my, my, um, my skin many times in many ways, I must say. Because you know, when you're first starting off, you're not making the big bucks. That's, you're not going to be able to live off your voice straight away. You need some cash cushion and a soft place to land and someone who says, you know what, I have a job. So if you are out of work for a while, we can manage on my income. And that's what I did for a while too, for a couple of years. I know people have done that and they have succeeded yeah. from that. Yeah. Arrangement. yeah. And people it's, make no mistake. I mean, even though that you shy people away from certain shortcuts, you know, once again, you know, you, you roll out all the tools for people to succeed. And mm-hmm. so you have to be willing to hear some truth you know, uh, people uh, in in Paul's book, uh, making money in your PJs in order to really make it and succeed. So uh, it's you're being positive, very positive. It's just that you're you're letting people know, you know, don't don't walk into the ditch. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's ultimately a very positive message, and I think it's it's being very well received. And you know, there's this um, big voiceover conference, Voiceover Atlanta, and um, Whenever I go on the floor there, there's about six, 700 voiceovers. And they will say either one of two things. Either they say, tell me, did you, why are you not wearing your PJs today? Or I read your they blog and it was, <laughs> they asked me. And so last year, uh, no, this year, this year, I came back and I said, I'm not going to wear PJs, but at least I'm going to wear my, my slippers that I wear when I'm ready to go to bed. And they happened to be, clog-shaped slippers. There's these big yellow Dutch clogs, <laughs> but they're all nice and fluffy and soft with memory foam inside. And so people got a kick out of that, but they always remind me of my book and my blog, and that makes me really happy. <laughs> just between you and I, okay, yeah, be honest, okay. have you ever, you know, made money in your PJs? I've worn less than PJs. Hold <laughs> <laughs> right there, folks. Well, just, you know, <laughs> you know, but that's the good thing too, right? I mean, I, maybe, you know, they say in acting that, you know, you're, you know, less clothes on and you you feel freer and, and mm-hmm. it work. does it work? It works for me. I, <laughs> I made the mistake once when I, when I got my start to um, build my studio up on, on the roof in, in the attic and it was super hot in the summer. It was over a hundred degrees in my studio. And I'll tell you, I wasn't wearing much when I had to record an audio book and for hours on end. And it was like a sweat lodge. And I said, never again. Why did I ever think that it would be a good idea to to build a voiceover studio right under the roof where the sun shines all day long? Let me ask you a question. I'm curious, and I'd like to know the you know the scoop before it happens. Do you have another book in you? I mean, this is a big book, so it's everything that people need. But you know, 
being creative as you are, is there any uh, other book you have up your sleeve? Well, yes, 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 yes. I'm working on one right now, and I can tell you that uh, the working title is The Blah Blah Business. And it's blah, going to be ah. the blah, blah, blah business, yes. <laughs> it's going to be similar to this, the, old, the other book and different too. Um, and um, it's, if you like making money in PJs, you'll probably love uh, making uh, the blah, blah business because it's uh, more tough love and the things that I've been known for. And uh, I, I'm going to be as honest as I can be and as personal as I can be too. So if people enjoy reading my blog, they're going to enjoy that book too. And I hope that it's going to be out at the end of fall. And uh, it depends really? a little bit on my, my level of energy because one of the things of having a, had a stroke is mm. that it takes a tremendous amount of energy to recover and to let your brain do what it needs to do. So I don't have as much energy as I would like to have, but I made a commitment to people that I would finish it in, in the fall, and that's still my goal. Yeah. yeah. Well, get some oxygen, okay, because we want to read it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All strike word of making money in your PJs, freelancing for voiceovers and other solopreneurs, and a book, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not the blah, blah business. <laughs> but people have heard it. You've been a gem, and uh, we appreciate it. People should uh, check out your blog. And once again, the name is? Just oh, go right. to nethervoice.com. Nethervoice.com. Remember yeah. that, nethervoice.com. Yep. And uh, you'll read all about the truth. If you ever want to get into voiceovers, honestly, this is a man that you want to read his blog because uh, thousands of people do. So Paul Strykwerder, thank you for being on the program. Thank you so much, Michael. I totally enjoyed it. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit vocalboothtogo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.